Welcome to Questioning Your Answers podcast, where we explore beauty and transform our narratives. Last week, we began a conversation with Charlie Simonka, uh, who has an amazing journey. And we started looking at some of the fundamental questions or answers that many of us have held uh, in our Christian upbringing and how so graciously God introduces questions that opens us up to new meaning. Mm. But I was so excited about where this journey was going and where we're going to get to today. And that is that this journey doesn't just change us in theory or theoretically, but it does a deep, deep work. Mm. Welcome, Charlie, back to the podcast. And we just want to hand it over to you to continue with her story. Well, thank you. And I'm glad to be here again talking to you guys. I guess um, the two years for me are actually a miracle I could call that a miracle, and I wouldn't necessarily call it a a supernatural miracle in any way. I would call what's happening to me in the last two years spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and now even physically, and I know we'll get to that at some point, I would call it a process systems miracle, especially the physical part, but all of it was and my understanding of systems and process now, I can't call it anything else. And again, the miracle, this miracle really just didn't begin with what has happened recently physically. It began, as we were talking about, two years ago when I made a decision, mm. a choice, a decision to enter Mimesis Academy. And it just shows you really how important our choices and decisions really are. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And and this was one of the possibilities that was presented before me. And I'm so glad, Andre, for once I chose the right possibility um, because it has bore so much fruit. But this year, I, I really was able to tell the story of my relationship with my father uh, all my life. And I was able to articulate it because... These courses gave me a a language to really articulate what really happened in this story. And so I felt I was at a place where I finally had the language, not only the language to articulate the story, but the language to understand it and the language to actually see it from another perspective, from a different perspective. Yeah. So, and that story... Because very, very often it's those parts of our story that we can't articulate, that we can't speak yes. about, that remains unresolved. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know in some of the, you know, psychological schools, they would actually mm. speak of trauma as the unspoken. Yes. It, it is something that is so uh, overwhelming so su- surprising, so beyond the the boundaries of our language that uh, that it remains unresolved. Mm-hmm. So finding new language is is something that deeply mm-hmm. transforms our reality, 
and and sometimes you know the process of finding new language means that we need to let go of the familiarity of yes. the language that we had yeah. absolutely well it was a uh, our relationship was just very rocky from the beginning uh with my father and of course i came with the new language and the new way of looking at things i came to understand why my father was like that, that he had a father that was like that. And so it just kind of passed down to him. He didn't know any other way. And, um, but my heart wasn't in that place all the time to even look there or go there or try to understand things from his perspective, because I was so hurt and angry with some of the things my father uh, did. And there was one specific incident. And I told this story in, Mimesis, when I was 16 years old, I started to play the saxophone. And it was something that I was really good at. Uh, the music teacher w- was telling me that if I put time into this, I could be really good. And But I hadn't told my father that I even was playing the saxophone. My, my mother secretly got this saxophone for me. And we grew up in a town that was all about sports and athletics. And if you weren't into sports and athletics, uh, nobody cared what you were into. But I, I happened to be an athlete, my brothers also. So we were okay in the town with, with sports and athletics. But with my father, if you wanted to show some diversity and do something else possibly, it was hard for him to really handle that or to really understand that. <clears throat> And I remember the day I went to him and told him what the music teacher said and what I wanted to do. And I didn't have to give up sports. I could still play sports. I just had to give up one of the sports maybe to play the Mm -hmm. saxophone. And my father went into a rage about the whole thing. And it just shocked me. As a 16-year-old kid, um, my perspective of him going into a rage, I could not understand that at all. I did not get it. I was... I was just so hurt and angry. I, I couldn't I couldn't even process those feelings. But yeah. he, he took the saxophone out to the garbage and just threw it in the garbage and said, you'll never play that again. Sure. And it was hard for a 16-year-old, I think, to even, like I said, understand that. So I had mm. I made up my mind that I'm out of here. I'm, when I'm 18, I'm just done and gone, and I'm just done with my father. I... I don't know what to do. I, I did so many things to try to please him and to mm. try to make him like me. I mean, it's hard, to, it's hard to fathom the feeling that your own father doesn't even like you. Wow. Um, and, you know, I think many people take those kind of things and project that onto God as their father, like yeah. what their fathers were actually like. And they see God the same way. But uh, the years went on, and oh my goodness, we we just we just did not have a good relationship, and it was all there was always tension and always anger. Yeah. And I remember I had sort of just given up on having any kind of relationship with my father, and then one day, one day, my brother calls me and tells me I've got to see this picture. I've got to see this picture. It's, it's of my uh, grandfather. Now, our grandfathers were both not alive when I was born. So I never, I never saw my grandfathers. I never had any interaction with a grandfather. 
And we would all hear all the stories about my my mother's father, but we never heard anything about my father's father. Nobody talked about him. Nobody said anything about him. We didn't know anything about him. We had never mm. seen even a picture of him. Wow. Yeah. So I think my brothers and I thought that was very strange, also very <clears throat> abnormal, almost, to not even be able to see a picture of your grandfather. But my brother had got this picture from my cousin, and he said, you have to see, you just have to see this. When I saw that picture of my grandfather, when he showed me the picture, I stood there for like three minutes in, in a daze, just looking at this picture. Hmm. Because whatever Ava was doing in me at the time, I was just flooded with a whole new view of my father and actually a compassion toward him. You know, I was a, a very compassionate person. I just didn't have any for my father. I had no compassion. Yes. I had nothing for him. I, I literally hated him in my heart and I didn't want to be like that. I just didn't know yeah. what to do about those feelings. Well, I yes. guess Abba knew what to do because <laughs> that picture changed my whole perspective, my whole way of thinking about my father. It was amazing. A picture. I still can't get over the fact that a picture mm. put me into this, this state of uh, just seeing my father from a whole different perspective and seeing my father as my God, if his father was like this, because the picture had a coldness Mm. And it just, there was a coldness that came off the picture. And if his father was like this with him, no wonder he does not know any other way. Yes. Sure, Charlie. And that, yes. that must have been such a painful journey up until then to, you know, such a fundamental relationship to be yes. so strained and you know, to hold such anger. And I'm just amazed, like you say, that looking at a picture that there's no, there's no kind of backstory, you know, mm -hmm. you weren't given any details of it, but in that moment, and it always, it almost reminds me of suddenly having a glimpse or an insight into yes. a context which suddenly unlocks a greater, there's, there's something deeper than what just meets your eyes. Yes. And, and I, I just find that incredible that just that God uses a picture yes. <laughs> yes. to lift your heart. Yeah. Yes. And I think, you know, there's a willingness mm. there. Because as you say, sometimes a, a situation has got, pain or even mm. hatred in that you don't want it there, but yes. you, don't know you, you just to don't resolve. know what to do about yeah. it. You know, Absolutely. Situations yeah. where, you know, I'm mad at somebody and right. feel something and, uh, and I know this isn't right, but I just can't just shake it. And uh, I guess that's the place where you just say, here I am, Abba, yeah. I don't know how to deal with this, but I'm yours. You help me through this, and and that the Lord would use a, a picture yes. to to start and yeah. transform an experience. That's amazing. It was amazing, um, an amazing experience, 
with a picture. I still think about it today and I'm thinking, how in the world did that even happen? But I think you're right, Andre. I was willing. I just didn't know. I, I didn't know how the feelings were so deep and the wound was so, so deep that mm. I, I didn't know how to deal with it. And I was, I was a counselor um, in the ministry and I just had no tools to deal with that. And then I have this now, I, I might call that a supernatural experience because it was like my whole perspective changed standing right there looking at this picture. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm thinking when I look back on it, I, I'm thinking, well, that that perspective was in me. I just couldn't apply it to this situation. I, I didn't know how. No. And Charlie, your father was was still alive at this point. Yes. Um, did, yes. What, what happened? How did... You know, how did that change? Did it change your relationship with him, you know, in real uh, time? Yes, it totally changed the relationship because I realized that I have to stop demanding and asking him to change. Mm. And I've got to be the one to change toward him. And that, that, was, a, that was one of the things that struck me looking at that picture that I've got to change the way I see him and stop demanding that he change the way he sees me. Well, I started right away. I mean, it was like my father, we had six years together uh, of a really good relationship. And how it started was that very thing, that I just changed the way I saw him, the way I addressed him, the way... I, I I did things that I know he would like. Like I started to ask him a lot of questions and my father liked people asking him questions. So I would just, I wouldn't even care if he asked me anything or did anything or even talked to me about anything. I just wanted to make him feel good that his son was asking him questions. Mm. And then I, I did that for a while. And then one day <clears throat> I was visiting him and out of the clear blue. Now, you have to understand, my father never asked me a question in, in my whole life, never really asked me a question or how I felt about anything or what was going on in my life. And so, you know, growing up, I felt pretty lost that, you know, I, I felt like I was behind everybody understanding things because I had to go to the neighbors' fathers or, or mothers. So, but this was a, an amazing thing that happened. Out of the clear blue, my father starts asking me questions about, and he put it like this: "What's going on with that church of yours, the Rising?" <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just started laughing at first. I'm thinking, <clears throat> "My God, he's never asked me about that at all." Yeah. Or never even took an interest in what I was doing, let's say, in the ministry or, or things like that. And so I answered the question and he started to engage me in conversation and ask me more questions. Hmm. And so me being the curious person I am, <laughs> I had to ask him this. I said, Dad, I don't mean this in any bad way or any way, uh, any critical way, but you really have never asked me questions. And I said, why are you asking me questions now? I, I just want to know, what, so did something happen? Or why are you asking me questions now? 
And he gave me the most beautiful answer. It changed our whole relationship and caused us to have the next six years a glorious relationship with my father. And it made up, in that six years, it sort of just made up for everything that took place uh, most of my life. But he said, well, you know, I felt so good when you were asking me questions. I wanted to give you the same feeling. And that just floored yeah. me. That just floored <laughs> me that he would have, that his heart would be that soft to say something like that. Mm. And I realized, you know, Andre and Mary, and I realized my change toward him drew something out of him. Mm-hmm. Um, my, me loving him, no matter what, no matter whether he loved me back, no matter whether he ever asked me a question again. Yeah. I mean, me extending that to him brought something yeah. out of him that I've never seen before. And honestly, yeah. we went on for the next six years to have some glorious conversations, very playful at times. It was mm-hmm. it was just all like it made up um, for everything. When I did my father's funeral, I only talked about those six years. And yeah. people mm. thought I was talking about a lifetime. Sure. Mm. Mm. That is amazing. The, the way in which... You described you thinking what your father won. Mm. And you, I think also now understanding the reflective nature of who we are. Ooh, yes. That you've given your dad something to reflect that he never had mm-hmm. an example of before. Mm. You know, as you say, he grew up in a family where, you know, he reflected the coldness and mm-hmm. the harshness of. Yes what he experienced and for that compassion and for that interest to be reflected, he had to somehow find an example of way to do it. Mm. And, um, mm. Wow. Well, that's awesome. But, well, I didn't know anything about mimesis or, yes. or mimetic <laughs> desire, but when I, yeah. see, when I could look back on it now and saw that was absolutely what was taking place? My happening. father was imitating me, and he was doing it because he he felt loved and he yes. felt good about me asking him questions. Mm. And so, what a what a beautiful example of m- mimesis. I mean, yes. in a relationship, and it just taught me a lot of things, even just in general about relationship. Um, yeah that whole experience with my father. So, And even, you know, what you described as your view of him was not to try and change him, you know, to um, that now this is this moment where you've had a change of heart. Yeah. Now you want to, you want to get something back from him, but to just totally release that. I mean, what, what a, what a precious gift you gave to him in his mm-hmm. last years mm-hmm. to give him yourself unreserved yes. without any expectation of how he should react, how he should change, but to just release him. Yeah. And, yes. Um, I, I used to have this demand that he apologized to me um, yes. before I ever would speak to him again. But you know, there was nothing like that there anymore. I didn't need an apology. I didn't need any of that. And yet, I mean, what Abba did for me when he was dying, um, 
two about two days before he died, he he asked me to come closer because by that time he was sort of whispering and he wasn't very coherent. And uh, again, I, I have to say, I didn't need this. I really didn't need this, w- yes. what he was going to say to me. But he, he had me come down close to his ear. And he said, I want to tell you something. I should have never taken that saxophone away from you. Wow. And that, all I could do at that moment was just lay my head on his chest. Mm. Wow. <laughs> and just thank Abba. Because here's the thing, Andre, Marion, I didn't need that. I really didn't. If that, if that had never happened, it would have been okay. I wasn't expecting yes. it. I didn't need it. We had already formed a new relationship. Uh, there was total forgiveness there, which I couldn't yes. do for years. And that also happened from a picture. So um our Abba is so full of surprises on how wow. he is. brings things out <laughs> of us in the in the in ways that are unimaginable. I mean, I could have never imagined that a picture would turn the whole situation around. Um, yes. But that moment when he was dying was just a beautiful moment, and all I could do, I couldn't even speak. I just laid it, laid my head on his chest. A precious gift to you. And Charlie, I just know that uh, I'm just aware at the moment that people who are listening right now, that there are so many who have broken relationships, unresolved um, hurts and pain. And, you know, without knowing what are the tools or, you know, and there's no one size fits all Mm. answer to this in, in resolving that. But I know that your story has given hope um, mm. that this is possible. And I don't know if, you know, in this the last few minutes, whether you could just um, give our listeners maybe just a, a, a last thought of how to put yourself in a position of, of being open to the possibility of reconciliation, to be open to the possibility of friendship and being restored. Wow. Um, Well, you just said something, Marianne, that is um, so true, that many times when we're deeply wounded or deeply hurt in relationship, we we don't see any possibility. And yeah. that, I think that's our, our, our main problem, that uh, we don't see a God who could still present us with possibilities, even for the worst situations ever. I mean, even mm-hmm. for the, most, the situations that you just don't see any, any way for it to reconcile. And I think um, the only thing I would say is that we have to see our, our God, our Abba, in such a different way in order to really enter in to a place where he can provide us a possibility. I mean, I still, even in my hate and my anger, I still held on to God. I still would cry out to him, please give me a solution. Please give me something. And I wasn't using the word possibility then, mm-hmm. but, yes. um, I I would say now, Lord, I know, I know you have other possibilities that I'm not aware of. 
-hmm. Please, Lord, Mm -hmm. make me aware of of the possibility of reconciliation and how to do that and how to move in that and 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 how to take the first step. See, I think the um, the first step I took in my with my father was Mm -hmm. to get rid of my demands of him and who he is. And I think when we're hurt, it's hard to walk in someone else's shoes. So, yeah. And I think we just have to depend on Abba to soften our hearts in a way that we can come to that place that uh, we can walk in somebody else's shoes. And my Abba saw this possibility of me seeing a picture Mm-hmm. That was going to soften my heart. Now I'm going to say this: if it didn't, I believe now he would have gone to the next possibility uh, yes. to try to get to my heart. Something else would have taken place because his his intention is to get to our hearts and bring reconciliation yes. of all things. So yeah. I I just I I would mm. implore people to begin to explore our God, our Abba, and and begin to try to see a a God of total love, a total unconditional love, a God who longs to give you possibilities for your life Mm. and and almost submit yourself to that and and Mm. get to know this Abba. Yes. Yes. Um, And Charlie, I'm so glad that this story that that we've – We've recorded this in this way because, you know, our previous um, chat with you was almost how, like we've spoken before in mm-hmm. other podcasts, how we find ourselves and our story in the context of a larger story, a larger meta-narrative. Yes. And you took us through how that that meta-narrative mm. shifted for you and began changing. Big time. And how, yeah. you know, suddenly that brings mm. about the possibility of something new. Yes. When yes. that story shifts, you suddenly see mm. yourself in a different light. Yeah. Yes. And Thank absolutely. you, my friend. Thank, thank you, me. Andre and Marianne. It's always a joy to speak to you guys. <laughs> and I think we just, let's all just, uh, agree and um, yes. Papa we just ask that right now you would just so intimately yes. touch the hearts and minds of of everyone connected to what is said and what is heard what was said right now mm. but you know that there is uh, uh, a beauty of relationship Mm. relationship as it should be, that you have in mind reconciliation, forgiving, Mm. and even in those situations where we simply do not know how to take a relationship further, we just open ourselves up to you Mm. so that by Mm. your spirit you can bring about the situation and the transformation necessary for healing. Yes. Yes. Thank you. And I just saw a picture right Mm. now, which I'm just trusting for Mm. whoever's listening, that Mm. a picture of this um, dish of water and a drop of ink going in, and Mm. that ink just immediately starts infiltrating and merging with the water and changing the color. And I really just see that for whoever you are out there, just know that 
those possibilities are vibrating around you, that the ink yes. is permeating, it's dissolving in that water and creating those opportunities for newness of life and newness of relationship and newness of yes. connection. Yes. Okay. Thank you, Arthur. Thank well, you. thank you. And see you next week. Yes. Thank Bye -bye. you, Thanks, Charlie. We'll see you again. Thank you for joining us today. And please don't forget to subscribe on our website, qyourapodcast.com.